2: In this pop culture-saturated world, what's a nerd to do? Hang out with your good pals
0: on Nerdy Show, that's what. Our flagship podcast is a weekly celebration of the multifaceted D20 that is the modern nerd. When we're not devising horrors that combine VR and spiders or taste-testing weird food, we're discussing the latest geek happenings, digging into our deepest nerd niches, or interviewing a celebrity or two.
2: Head to nerdyshow.com or find us on iTunes and experience a multiverse of awesomeness.
1: Flame
0: on! on. Welcome to Flame on, your gay geeky podcast. I'm Brian, and I'm here with BJ. Hey, what's up, Eric? Howdy, and Pat. Hey. So we are here. We have convened on this our 202nd episode to discuss the week, the month, the year, ambiguously defined,
1: the millennium
0: period of time since last we convened, century of all that is pop culture from our gay and geeky perspective. So we are going to run down a few different types of media that have caught our eye, caught our interest, caught our ear, caught our attention and discuss it. Caught our heart. Caught on. Caught, we caught uh, hair on. What? I don't know. You're saying it got we caught we got caught on. Ouch. Stuff. For those of us who are a little her sweet, that is painful. <laughs> so let us let us let us move on. So in the news, we wow. have a little brief Kind of news-ish thing we do, uh, talking about like you know, really, really recent stuff. Uh, e three just happened. Oh boy, I did know. It happen. Boy howdy, and I don't give. I really don't. There's nothing. I got nothing for this. So really? I hope you really? guys.
3: Yeah, I honestly don't because you didn't do any research or I or did,
2: nothing. Nothing you, spoke to you. you. You did. You did nothing. I asked you to do the day nothing before. Nothing Spoke to me. Oh okay. oh, okay.
0: So I'm gonna turn it over to you guys. What did you find? Uh, e three. Oh, um,
2: well, I. So E3 is always super weird. I know last year, none, like, ni- like everybody has their own thing now. Nintendo has Nintendo Direct in like September. Sony has Sony Direct. Xbox has like their own thing. So like last year at E3, nobody did anything. And this year, it was all right. I mean, we got eight trailers for Kingdom Hearts 3 and a release date.
3: Yay. It's a
2: game. I don't ladies believe Ladies and gentlemen. It. It's
3: it, less than a year away. I yes. don't believe it.
2: It's less than a year away. They did say it was supposed to come out in 2018, but they gave a good reason as to why they're they're releasing it. Uh, January 29th is they want if they release it in December, it will be it will come out in November in Japan, and a month is a long time for all sorts of spoiler shit to get through. Um, so the new release date will there
3: always be a month difference though?
2: Huh? No, there's some weird thing with like licensing, so. Nomura gave a statement saying that this the new release date is only four days
0: after it's released in Japan, as opposed to a month. Oh, okay. So, so well, that's good for yep. all the people who have not played Kingdom Hearts. Do they need to go out and play one, two, and all the whatever in between? I don't understand? know if you have enough
3: time to just figure out the timeline of uh, the lore. Yeah, there's there's a there's a there's a lot to unpack. There's fifty seven e- games and. <laughs> Even more Mega and There's There's a lot uh,
2: there's a lot to unpack with manga, the game. Manga Manga Manganese. If if you could get through the dot hack nonsense, you can get through Kingdom Hearts.
0: So if there was a YouTube video, maybe we can share it with our Facebook friends. Because I know for one, I played the first Kingdom Hearts. I liked it. I love Final Fantasy. I'm I'm a fan. But um I've heard it got weird after that, and I just don't know that I have enough time in the universe or desire to really play through two and everything else that was in between. So, uh, yeah, we should we should. And I I know we started watching a video the other day on the YouTube's that
1: just watch the honest trailer, and it like zips through the entire thing it, and yep. shows you the nonsensicalness of it.
3: It sounds ridiculous. And like I, I can't believe. Oh, this it is, completely is ridiculous. It, it goes from like
2: simple action RPG to a JRPG, pretty hard and fast. Pretty what's pretty the hard J and fast. stand
3: for?
0: Japanese. Oh.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> but
0: I mean, unlike other like Final Fantasy, let's say, like the story is weird, but it's self-contained. Like they usually don't span multiple things. There are exceptions, of course, but like this just sounded like batshit. Like I'm like, what is this even for a for a game about mashing up Disney and and Square characters? Like it's just crazy. But I'm glad you're excited, and uh, it looks pretty. I'm very excited. Um,
3: It has been what? When did the first game come out? The first, the the second game. the
2: The first game came out September 2002. Uh, the second game came out 2016, I think. June. Uh, no, 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 no. It came out when I was still in college. I got 2016. 2006. 2006. Yes, it has been 13 years. It's been a minute, as they say. It's been 47 years.
0: So, uh, yeah. And it's for all the platforms? No, it's PlayStation exclusive. PlayStation exclusive. No, no, it's, yeah? it's, uh, they're releasing it for Xbox as well. Oh, yeah. Hot, yeah, Xbox. Yeah. Hot Ex- damn.
3: Xbox X- getting it. There and- were other PlayStation exclusives, which looked amazing, like Spider-Man.
2: That was, yeah, that was my other pick was Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, Naughty Dog is doing it. Same people that did, uh, um, uh, Clank and Ra- Ratchet and Clank and, uh, Crash Bandicoot, so they've got a really good list of uh of games that have been pretty popular. But they're uh they they did a phenomenal phenomenal job. It's supposed to have Miles is supposed to be in it, so you know that's a DLC that's coming.
3: Yeah, um, it's supposed to be open worldy, kind of like uh Batman. The newest Batman Arkham,
0: games have been yeah yeah, and yeah. then the uh, Lego. The, the Lego games, kind of. Yeah. 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 So what else? Give me, give me a couple um, other quick uh, hot picks. Well, I mean, I guess
3: in honor of it being June and Pride Month and everything, they decided to drop Last of Us Two.
0: Whew. Electric Boogaloo.
3: Exactly. Excellent. That, that holy was, crow! That is some brutal gameplay. I'm super excited for. It. Lesbian zombies. Well, I don't know if any the lesbians are zombies yet. They may be.
0: I mean. Selling there was a
3: pretty awesome lesbian kiss in the trailer. Yeah, but E3 on a whole was more exciting for me this year because the past couple of years I haven't had a current gen console. <gasps> did you get one? Oh. I did. I get? decided with the sale going on and I had some extra pocket change that I went ahead and got a PS4 Pro because it was only a fifty dollar difference. Ooh, professional. Exactly.
0: You're playing Final Fantasy 14 on it, right?
3: Nope. God damn it. <laughs> I did get uh, Horizon, uh, the complete, and Shadow oh. of the Colossus. Ooh, Ooh, good choice. Good choice. Yeah, but now, now with uh, Last of Us two coming out, I want to get the Last of Us remastered because I've never played it. Oh, so I would go through that. That'll
0: be that'll be a good one to go. And there. then Final Fantasy fourteen. No, I think oh. I think
3: he's dropping dropping hands.
2: So they did
0: have news about Final Fantasy fourteen, uh, Monster Hunter, Monster whatever. Yeah, it's
3: it's got a crossover with uh, Monster Hunter World, which I've never
0: yep. played, so I have no idea what that means. But they I've, all, I don't know. Do you know about this? I still? mean,
3: I've watched people play it on Twitch. Yeah, and it just kind of looks generic go out fight big monsters
2: Yeah, they do make, that Make bigger weapons kill kill bigger things yeah. and they're all very vaguely dinosaur ish or dragon ish type monsters i yeah. mean
0: that could be cool if they do that as fates in the game but the other thing they announced for 14 was well fan fest is coming up in november uh which we all knew um and then uh they're doing a, a, a pocket like a mobile app Because they joked about the whole uh, Pokemon Go, that was like their April Fool's thing, but they are actually doing a pocket app. It's not going to be a Pokemon Go thing, at least not yet, but it's going to be a companion to the game that you can take with you on the go, which is kind of cool. I don't know if, uh, like, WoW does that or any other. Yeah, they
3: have a companion app where. It's pretty useless. Well, I mean, it's for your class order hall, and you send characters out on
0: missions. Oh, yeah. They bring back resources and stuff. Okay, so that is kind of handy, then.
2: All right. Um, oh they also announced, um, for our Nintendo friends out there, um, Smash Brothers Ultimate, which is every Smash Brothers character that has ever been in the game, plus Ridley from uh uh Metroid. And Splatoons. And the the Splatoon. Wait, you get to play as Ridley? Yeah. Yep. Oh, the trailer for that that's a trailer you all want to go see because that is some brutal shit. Like, he straight up fucking murders Mario and Mega Man.
3: Yep. Yeah, like cool. they're not even in the games anymore. They're just dead. Oh yeah. Like if you select them as a character, <laughs> you just see them lying on the ground. It's... Yeah,
0: that's unfortunate. Yeah, was So <laughs> anything else? Is it good? It's yeah, good. no,
2: it's good. Uh there's I know IGN, um uh my IGN, uh, Mojo dot com and uh GameSpot all have uh videos of like their top picks for E three.
0: Well, of course our friend uh Joshua Yaler at IGN would uh would be uh, a good source for that kind of uh, uh, information, so you should check them out. So, let's move on, talk about, I mean, this is kind of burying the lead a bit, but Pride Month. It is June. June is Pride Month. Wait. For Florida, oh. we have two months. Pride. Well, hey, and next lead. year we'll have three months of Pride, but... Uh,
3: my, 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 my. Pride month, yay. It's been raining a lot, so we're getting rainbows.
0: I had a rainbow on the way back from North Carolina. It was I, lovely.
2: I saw a double rainbow leaving work the other day. And what, I, what does it mean? I pulled over and I cried. I did cried really? tears of, of gayness. I do no, I, 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 I can't cry. I sealed those shut. Yeah, seriously.
0: <laughs> um, we did have a lovely gay days here in Orlando with events across the community, including oh, yeah. and not limited to Riptide. Not Riptide. Tidal Wave. Tidal wave. <laughs> oh, which is getting Riptide yes. next year. So we're, we're taking that over apparently. Is it is it a takeover or is it a combination? Um, well, You're going to drive out all the other people? Or- so, so for
2: those of you that don't know, the Gay Days uh, event, company. Tidal Wave, and One Magical Weekend all happen at the same time in June. Next year, everything is being spread out with Gay Days moving to August and the Tidal Wave, which is kind of more the bear centric part of uh, Gay Days. uh, tidal wave is keeping june as well as one magical weekend which is kind of disney's so basically everybody but gay
0: days yeah keeping june
2: um and tidal wave used to have a water park attached to it uh wet and wild tidal wave was originally just a water park party yeah. yeah um well i guess tidal wave got with the one magical weekend people who are littering the hotel next door uh and they're they're kind of handing off riptide to tidal
3: wave so Which is Riptide at Typhoon Lagoon? Yes. Ah. Ty- over at Typhoon
2: Lagoon, private DJ. Uh, goes, I think, to like midnight, whereas the last party went to only like 10 p.m. So, yeah. it's it, Next year's going to be nuts. Uh, but this year was pretty crazy, too. This year was actually really good. Um, Ginger Minge performed at, out at Tidal Wave. Uh, and Jinx Monsoon. And Jinx.
0: So, uh, <laughs> you had fun. You went to Riptide. You went to Tidal Wave. <laughs> yeah, fun. I, I
2: I went to Tidal Wave. Yeah. Um, I was one of the very few people that didn't develop kennel cough, so... Good job.
0: Good I'm, job. I am I am chased. Um, Pat was around, and I was around a little bit of Parliament's events, and Eric, too. Uh, we had some... Uh, sorry, didn't mean to bolt you on like that. Uh,
1: <laughs> we had some RuPaul girls. It was good. Deborah Cox was fantastic, as always, and it was a little more low-key for me this year.
0: You didn't have to work as much. That was nice.
1: No, and my wallet is very sad about that. Oh, Drinks man. were drank.
0: Drinks were drank. Yes, fans were Very much worked.
1: so by someone at this table. Oh,
0: you I did get you did about. get a little little messy. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that? What was that Friday night? Yeah, that was Friday night. Oh, yes, that's right. I feel like it was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. What other June Pride stuff? That's pretty good. There are in-game events. I know. Well, actually, yes. When this goes out, you're in final fantasy 14 there is a gay pride celebration on um bahamut i think is the server crap i might be wrong about that but anyway if you go on look up rough trade gaming guild they're doing an in-game pride parade i know the world of world of warcraft one is
3: yeah they had the running of the trolls which is (laughs) their annual event it's a fundraiser that's done by the community uh to support the trevor project uh-huh. and they picked trolls because trolls are one of the races that you can pick a lot of different neon colored hair styles. So they run across one of the continents in all level one characters. They also do a similar event in October, I believe, which is the running of the gnomes. Because gnomes use a lot of pink hair and it's for breast cancer.
0: Well, I I unfortunately won't be able to do this year's rough trade pride parade but it was pretty cool when they did it last year so if you're on final fantasy 14 check it out all right last but not least in the uh, sort of unnamed in the news section i guess that's the name I mean... uh <laughs> i had adventures and and Can't wacky wait times we have a bumper that says that that would be great all in that one phrase just... yeah <laughs> uh i went to heroes con and uh other music festival things i will talk about heroes con because that's really what we care about uh The Heroes Con is the show that we have... Well, I've been going since 2012, and... Has it really uh, been going that long? It's been going for longer than that. I just started going 2012, but it's up in Charlotte. It's put on as a nonprofit by the Heroes Are Hard to Find... Aren't... Heroes Are? Aren't Hard to... Anyway. um,
1: Heroes Aren't Hard to Find, because that's actually the name of the convention as well.
0: That's the the full name of the convention, and it's also the store they have there in Charlotte that's a, a business... Uh this year was weird because a lot of the bigger name draw sort of artists celebr or not celebrity artists, writers from comics, they a lot of them bailed. We had Chris Claremont, Mark Bagley. I mean we still had some really big names. Um but overall like a lot of people just seemed to bail at the last minute, and it did feel a little a little less well attended. Um, I was only there Friday and Sunday because so I went to a music festival on Saturday in Asheville. But um, uh, highlights I guess were running around with my fellow comic book bears, uh, people. We were going all over the different uh, floor. Uh, went to the Geeks Out panel, uh, the Dotted Lines panel on Sunday, and got to hear some different LGBT, uh, Q and adjacent artists uh, and writers uh teeny howard was a kind of a fascinating interesting character i'd never met before but she was really interesting and yoshi you do know, get her name wrong yoshi yoshitani uh, up-and-coming illustrator who i had not been familiar with but i really enjoy uh their art style genderqueer fine with all the pronouns um dan parent our friend and former uh interview interviewee was here was there as well and um he has got some really cool stuff with die kitty die coming up that's exciting um yeah i mean it was it was a a fairly fun convention as always a lot of direct access to writers and artists got to hang out mark bagley and his uh, daughter angie who's a friend of mine and and hang out at the bar and met their friend amos who's really pretty cool also has a podcast that we may or may not eventually be crossing over with but uh heroes is a great show if you've never been middle of june in charlotte charlotte's not a huge city but it's pretty nice um i highly recommend uh going to that i know there's no big comic news i don't think coming out of that show and if there was i missed it um but yeah it was a good good show i really uh i'm glad that's like the one show i have to go to because it's just it's all about the art it's all about the the craft of comics it's not about the celebrities and the media and all that other craziness so let us move on got some movies that we've seen there's been a lot since our last episode. A few. A few of us have seen some of the movies. So some of us have seen a few of the movies. Um, let's start with Solo, which is a Star Wars story. Uh, this is the much, I wouldn't say anticipated, the, the the hotly worried about movie that is a standalone story set in the past about a young Han Solo. Apparently it did underperform according I'm, to their expectations yes yeah but they still ex- did pretty well but, but the
2: expectations for any disney-owned property is like you know it didn't make five billion dollars and
0: break all the records it's a failure i know that bj you saw it uh, yes and then pat and i saw it um i really liked it honestly it's it was fun it was a good movie it was ron howard directed i thought all the acting was pretty pretty great the uh characterizations of the different uh, Star Wars characters that you know and love was pretty solid and consistent with younger actors playing these like Han Solo and Lando. I mean the soundtrack is killer. I love that. I still listen to that every day.
2: Well, like and and the the past two Star Wars movies were pretty dark. Like like Rogue One was definitely it was fantastic but it was like it's a little bit of a bummer and then the the last one also kind of a little bit of a bummer with, like, the death toll, this one was more of, like, kind of a return to that whole action... Adventure. Ad- action-adventure formula. And it was kind of reintroducing you to older characters because, like, Lando-, Lando Calrissian didn't really get a lot of time in the original trilogy.
0: No. He's in the uh, second and third movies for a hot second. Yeah. And by second and third, I mean the original trilogy. But, yeah, Donald Glover... Oh, ab- yes. Got his name a- right, right? Oh, yeah. A- almost stole the show. Yeah. I really liked him. Very good characterization. Some people thought he was a little mm, kind of a caricature, but it works. Uh, L three, the robot, uh, oh. who's sort of the buddy droid to Lando, maybe more beloved, great fun character. The, the mother of dragons, Amelia Amelia Clark, Yep. was in it uh, as a, as a brunette. I didn't almost I didn't recognize her for a while, but then I was like, who is that? Oh yeah, she plays an interesting character in Han Solo's past. Uh, that's got some complexity uh, Woody Harrelson's character was actually really good Dandy is it Thandy Newman Newton Newton from Westworld she has a brief uh, character Oh uh, yeah 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 uh, I thought that was her Yeah yeah she it's it's fairly it's it's not it, it's it's part of the film but uh but a good part and in and, and a great character And and they did uh so if you are a big fan
2: of like the animated series um Clone Wars and Rebels there's a lot of name drops for organizations and crime families and stuff like that that you will actually recognize from Star Wars Rebels and all that. So there's there's a lot of. And then there's a surprise character reveal. We will we'll, not spoil. We won't spoil that for you.
0: That definitely surprised
2: me. And I'm like, oh. But also, all that stuff is what? covered. All that stuff is covered in Clone Wars and Rebels as well. That yeah. character. It definitely
0: felt organic to the star wars universe they've built around the more recent uh non-movie properties pat what did you think
1: yeah it was all right not my favorite of the star wars movies but it wasn't a bad movie and um i
2: think it it took place early enough in han solo's life that i think they're down for a, a sequel or at least linking this movie to the
0: supposed boba well, fett
2: uh, prequel In that they think about doing.
0: He signed on to a three movie deal. They were, I think, going to maybe build this into something more. Um, the Star Wars spin off movies, as of the recording today, have been put on indefinite hold, which does not mean they're not going to happen, but it does mean they may have to kind of go back and reevaluate based on the performance, which is unfortunate because yeah. Star Wars is a pretty rich universe. I do want to see more of it, and this wasn't bad um but it obviously didn't do what they wanted it to do so this is how things work yeah uh other movies that we have seen uh i have not seen this but nobj you saw hereditary oh jesus which is a horror oh
1: thriller.
2: it so hereditary
0: i want to channel that character
2: from saturday night live uh was it this movie had everything headless children people set on fire um (laughs) broken noses it um it was really really fucking good uh I would say that this is around the lines of this generation's The Exorcist. Um, it was produced by... The uh, A24, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, same company that did The Witch. So it's got kind of a... it. The last 15 minutes of the film are more classic, like, Exorcist-type horror, whereas the build is just... The build is just so dreading and dreadful and creepy that like you know nothing's going to end well and uh there is there's like at least two or three moments in the movie where th- they're just so dark and just so creepy you didn't think they would like you know how in a in a movie where something bad happens and they just kind of clip to the next day no 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 they keep going and you're like oh this is this is upsetting this is everything I don't want to see right now um but if you are a horror fan, you absolutely have to see this movie. It is absolutely phenomenal.
0: Good. Yeah. Well, I've heard good things. Got good reviews. Really, really good reviews. Um, I saw the latest Rift Tracks installments. They did a riff on Space Mutiny, which, if you are a Mystery Science Theater fan, you recognize from uh, season like ten or eleven or oh, something. lord! Like, like the when they brought it back over to Sci-Fi or back when they brought it to Sci-Fi. With Mike and Kevin and uh, Bill, they did this, and then this same crew uh, did this again as Rift Tracks, but with a whole new, you know, different uh, set of jokes. But it was really good; it was really fun. Our friends uh, Michael O'Quinn and uh, Divine Grace and their assorted cadre were there, and it was a really—it uh, was just good to see Rift Tracks again. I haven't seen them in a while, but uh, if you're not familiar, Rift Tracks is Mystery Science Theater. Some of the people doing it on their own. But also coming up in October, and really uh, probably September through November, across the country, the new Mystery Science Theater cast, uh, Jonah Hill, uh, maybe Felicia Day, Aww. maybe? I don't, I don't know if she's touring. And then um, Joel Hodgson, the original, the first uh, host, uh, they're touring around uh, doing a live a live show, whereas the rift tracks are all broadcast over like that fathom. Oh, Fathom events. event yeah, yeah. sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, um, if you're a big fan of either... If you're a big fan of Mystery Science Theater, I highly recommend checking out the Rift Tracks events at your local theater and then see if the Mystery Science Theater is coming around to your neck of the woods. Uh, we have not seen The Incredibles 2 yet, but maybe by next time we will have. Uh, I know a lot of people were very excited about that and I've heard good things. Um, Let us move on to the television. There have been a lot of shows... Uh, well, so since we last were with you, shows have ended. We have seen finales. Yep. Some have ended. I, we have not seen the finales. Um, And some are starting up with the summer shows. In fact, one I'm excited about is Preacher. Uh, I for, I always forget that that is a summer show. Same
2: here. I always, like, I just finished season two the other day, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'll have to wait for season three. And then I realize, oh, wait, no, it's happening, like, next month. And I, it, haven't,
0: I haven't watched season two yet. Oof. It's good. It's it. It improves, I think, greatly on one, but it's very rooted in the New Orleans area. So, and they shot, I believe, in on location. So it's really cool yep. to see that. Uh, and season three is largely set in Louisiana, but not in New Orleans. So they are kind of rooting it and keeping it more of a Southern series, which the comic didn't stay there as much. It moved it around a lot more. So it's 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 a different take on the material, but it's still pretty good. Uh, but that has not come out yet. But what has uh, wrapped up. Um, we saw the finale for the Flash. Oh yeah, that actually was pretty good. I thought it was okay. I like the season arc overall. I very much enjoyed the sort of final moment of, oh hey, it's this person who we've all seen throughout the season and mm-hmm. pretty much knew probably who she was. But and I loved that because I remember mentioning
2: it when we when we talked about the the um, she popped up in the uh, crossover event at barry and iris's wedding and i always i thought it was super weird because i'm like who is this girl and why is she acting i at first i was like why is she acting like felicity um from arrow uh but no like as soon as she popped up and the second time she popped up i'm like okay is she gonna pop up Are we going to find out who she is later?
0: You you, you put the gun out there and they're going to use it. So yeah, yeah. I I knew they were going to reveal her by the end, but I just didn't know how that all worked out.
2: I'm glad they waited. And they announced that the main antagonist for the next season is uh, uh, Cicada or Chimera. It's either Cicada or Chimera.
0: I don't know who either of those people are, but all right. Um, I bet they're a speedster. No, No, they're they're not. (laughs) This season wasn't a speedster. uh It was the thinker. Uh And actually, I felt like... Even though I mean, there were moments that were certainly kind of like treading water, the idea of it was sort of like, you know, let's help humanity by taking over and, you know, like, rebooting everybody to re- rebooting everyone to, to level one to like, just they, they can't think for themselves. So this guy's going to lead them and think for that kind of deal. Gotcha. Yeah. But in a way that I'm not gonna say it's believable, but in a way that sort of the motivation sort of made sense. Um And then the biggest, honestly, the biggest joy of the season was Ralph Dibney for me. Um, Who's el- a series regular now? He is, thank God. The Elongated Man, uh, acted by someone who looks like a young Jim Carrey. Like, yes. Like, very obviously cho- chosen because of his probably, like, resemblance and Weird sort of- f- facial expression. Yeah, ability. Like, think the mask, think kind of yeah. ridiculous. Anyway, uh, but still very funny and heartfelt in the way he merged with the whole team. Um, But overall, like the ending did kind of just sort of happen. I didn't feel like it was as epic as an exciting as some of the endings they've done. And also, I I think they're finally going to address the fact that metahumans have been around
2: before the particle accelerator. They've touched on it in previous seasons where like there'll be a random character that has power, a villain that has powers. They stop him and they're like, wait a minute. He was here during the particles accelerator. How does he have powers? I'm like, yeah, why don't we answer that finally? And I guess they're they're actually going to answer that with the fact that somehow or another Caitlin has always had killer, oh, the Killer Frost ability, even I when she was a child. That. Yeah. So it had nothing to do with the particle accelerator. And I hopefully they're going to lead into the fact that there's other metahumans out there and they don't have to always have an event to cause metahumans, which would make for a better story
0: flow. So, the other thing they did with Harry, which is kind of cool, Harry being Harrison Wells, but from Earth 2, is they kind of played with his motivations and his uh, intellect. And um, I li- I like the arc overall, though. It was kind of hokey in He's some parts. He's normal now. Yeah, normal-ish. He's kind of less smart, maybe, but still, he has more heart. Yeah. Um, Pat, but- did you like the uh, overall?
1: Eh, I mean, it was fine. I didn't hate it. It didn't seem as strong of a season as some of the other ones and but overall i mean it wasn't too bad so
0: um we also have been watching legion uh haven't watched the last episode uh which evidently uh is satisfying according to people i've talked to uh if you're not watching this show and you're an x-men fan you may have tried the first season and it was a little out there for you and didn't really get to maybe the legion that you're used to i do think that they maybe had some notes from the studio or notes from somebody or whatever this was their plan all along uh this season they they definitely start to sort of show legion that we might recognize in fact there is one scene where you see their version of what like legion is in the comics so it's it's still an amazing piece of television. Every episode just leaves my mouth on the ground. It's just so interesting the way they have shot it, the 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 time frame. They they play with alternate universes and time travel in this season. So it's a sci-fi show but in a way that's so artistic and and interesting. It doesn't just tell the story like a lot of the, like the CW shows do. Um and it's very very loosely tied to X-Men continuity, but in enough that you get like full-on Shadow King. Yeah. Um Farouk. Um, like like the way you almost have seen him in the comics uh, so I definitely recommend checking that out also the music is so good it's synth, modular synth craziness that I just am all about <laughs> um, so Voltron uh, is that like the finale finale no oh, okay.
3: I, I guess I ever, haven't watched the new season yet
0: ever since
2: a season I think season four or five they started the sh- the shorter season format so it's like six episodes instead of a full 12. This season, it's obvious, like, if anything makes it obvious that the, um, Legend of Korra, Avatar, Last Airbender team wrote this. Cause, like, when you think about the, uh, The Last Airbender, it starts off very kind of lighthearted. The, the characters kind of are like, oh, we, we're, we're gonna save the world. And then, like, season two or three comes around and they're like, I have PTSD now like it's the characters are in, like the story is in full like gun mode and you have one episode that's really cute where the characters themselves are like we need a break and they have a cute little uh, Dungeons and Dragons episode where uh, Karan's the dungeon master and is very <laughs> is very upset that one of the characters wants to be a paladin and he's already he's already a paladin um, so there's like there's that one little respite, and then the rest of the season is just, like, nothing but, like, like really big story moments. There's a lot of sacrifices. There's a really nice two sides of the same coin moment with Lotor and Allura. Yeah, it's it's really, really good, and they're actually giving us a ton of references from, like, all of the remakes, all of the side characters. They're giving us a lot of information, like, that, that they're staying true, They're somehow staying true to all of the original Voltron lore, like from the original anime. So they're going to bring in the cars. I would love I would love an episode where somebody tries to build like like the go Voltron, go car Voltron. (laughs) I'd be all about that. But we'll see. Like the series could end right here and be all right. But I feel like they're going to do like at least one more season or two. So yeah, no, it's definitely. If you haven't started watching it, it's definitely worth it.
0: Well, I did watch, I think the first season, and I, I really enjoyed it. So it's one of those things I need to get back to. So this is it season six, you said? Yeah, they're on season Good. six. They're shorter yeah, but, seasons.
3: Yeah, so. but four, at least four and five, were only like six episodes. All right, six and they're half hours, and, and they were, cool. and they were only like a
0: couple months apart yeah yeah so queer eye speaking of netflix shows oh, uh back with another set of episodes it's
3: so good it's yeah. so fantastic although it's front-loaded like it was the first
0: time oh the better ones are up front yeah yeah,
3: yeah. the um uh for like episode
2: one uh they actually uh, uh do a woman yep um and then i think episode three or four they actually have a trans person that's yep. fresh out of their top surgery um and and the the people are a lot different like everybody's vastly different. Like there's one person, they're like, "All right, you're, you're being a shithead. You need to get your shit together." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting to, to to see how they interact with like,
3: yeah, and the, a diverse group. The woman that they do, she actually has them make over instead of her house. They make over the church's community hall. Oh, that's yeah. lovely. So then they deal with a lot of the whole uh, gays versus religion and
0: mm-hmm. all wow.
3: of that. Um. Oh, and funny
2: uh, little shout out. Uh her son's gay and he takes her son to the Atlanta gay and lesbian chorus so he can ki- so he can kind of find his his group his people. Um uh cuz he feels isolated in the town that they're in and which is called gay, which is called Gay, Georgia. Um and the director of the Atlanta Gay Chorus, Gay and Lesbian Chorus is my chorus teacher from high school get out and here's the funny thing is i turned on that episode i'm just i'm on my phone in bed like it's like getting ready to wind down for the night and i hear them singing a song and i start to go back into the warm-ups like just going through my head and i'm like why the fuck am i doing that now and as soon as i look up it says robert chorus director and i'm like Mr. Glore, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? That's fantastic. I thought it was, I thought it was, hilarious. I texted my sister because my sister like actually hangs out with him and she's like, yeah, I don't know. Let me see. And she's like, yep, yep. He's, he's in the first episode.
0: Very cool. So, so I don't, this just came out and I haven't watched it. Anybody watched Cloak and Blagger? Cloak and Blagger? Words are hard. Cloak and Dagger. Were you trying to say Cloak and Blacker? Cloak and Blaster. And then it became <laughs> Blagger because anyway, so Cloak and Dagger which we saw a promo for at New York Comic Con last year, that little pop up shop they had. Um what uh anybody seen this yet? Yes. Okay, all of it?
2: Um no, I've I'm on episode three. Uh this I was on w- like what
0: what channel is this it's on? It's on Hulu. Oh, it's, Hulu. it's on okay.
2: it's on Freeform, which is like the ABC family channel that Disney bought. I um, got
0: rid of the seven hundred club?
2: Yeah. Did they really, though? <laughs> I think they did.
0: I don't think they did. No, I think they actually I think did. they had to keep it for a while.
2: No, I I think the 700 Club actually got moved. Oh, okay, else.
0: good. That's good.
2: But it is phenomenal. I watched the first two episodes, and I was speechless. The character development is, is amazing. The They show the origin story, like, the first, like, five, ten minutes of, of the first episode. And Tandy and Tyrone are, like, the perfect, like, flip side to each other. Tandy is a hot mess, and she's a hot mess in like all the best ways. She robs rich people. Um, she, she doesn't really live anywhere. She's pretty much homeless. Uh, Tyrone is, lives in like a decent house. He goes to a private school and, he just hates everything. Everything in his life is pretty much just a rope around his neck. It's amazing. It's really, really good how they like when they
0: start developing their powers. The criticism that I've heard is that they don't spend a lot of time together. No. So it's very separate, and then they eventually, eventually they yeah, build
2: it up like they're, that. They're they're going to kind of actually get together and see how how their powers coalesce together. But I actually like that. I actually like the fact that they're. They're developing the character separately, and then you'll get to see how the characters interact later on. Just like the comics, Tandy's powers are a little bit more direct. His powers, he's like teleporting in drug dealers' trunks. He's like waking up on rooftops. He's, he's subconsciously using his powers, not purposefully, and he doesn't really know what the fuck's going on. So it'll be very interesting to see how when they actually link up, how... How she'll affect him and how he'll affect her powers.
0: So but, So the are all are all the episodes up?
2: Um I believe most of them are in fact up. I didn't know because
0: it didn't when runaways aired, didn't they do like they yeah, did they
2: did an episode of a the week. They well they did the first two or three like right off the bat, and right. then yeah, then it's once a week. So it's that same format because it's a free form show. Okay.
0: And if you are enjoying Cloak and Dagger, I keep wanting to say Cloak and Blaster, <laughs> uh our friend Dennis Hopeless is writing a web-based uh, web comic version of—I mean, not a version—he is writing those characters in a web-only comic right now with David Messina. Pat, have you checked that out yet? Oh, um, I had like kind of—I we weren't sure what Hopeless was doing next, and when we talked to him in New York, I don't think he had announced—they had announced it yet. But basically, yeah, it's uh, from what I mean, I've heard, it's really good. They will eventually publish it like a lot of the web first they'll do, and then they'll put it out like a few months later. But uh, I heard it's very good. So if you like those characters, then you should check it out. If you are excited about what we are doing here at Flame On and Nerdy Show, you can support us with Patreon. Uh, we do have a Patreon that we keep us uh, kind of a little bit of money trickling in every now and again. If you go to patreon.com slash nerdy show, you can donate as little or as much as you want on a recurring basis. And you can actually say in the note, hey, I'm doing this because I like Flame On. It would give us a little extra cheddar, gives us some nice new equipment every so often. I like cheese. And we all like cheese. Um, or if you just want to see like what we're up to, give us a shout out. Uh, review us on iTunes or any of your other social media podcasting platforms. Those reviews, those stars, just those mentions really does help us keep spreading the word about us and uh, it, it really does, uh, you know, make a difference. And we like hearing from you too. So you want to find any of our social media presence, just go on uh, flameonshow.com and there's little chiclets, little tiny graphics at the bottom that tell you how to find us on all of your favorite social media platforms and like i said we like to hear from you and uh if you have any uh people we should check out new and -and up-and-coming artists uh, writers uh your favorite tv show or you want to again just throw some money we have every way you can imagine to do that so please go check that out if you haven't seen our new logo by danny haas Uh, you can go look at your artwork on this episode and you'll see it. It's pretty awesome. Oh my God. I look at it every night before bed because I love it so much. Getting a lot of great feedback for that. So we thank him and Pat for working on that and getting that out there. Um, yeah. So let's move on to what you're listening to. So we don't always do a music segment, but I decided, uh, very impromptu this morning on the the car ride that we needed to maybe work this in because it's something we kind of Always, we all we all love music, and we all like to listen to podcasts. Really, so uh, new segment. What are you listening to? Basically, what's your favorite album? Podcast thing you're gonna do, and we'll just kind of go around. This is not meant to supplement our our once our, our things that are giving us life. But it is sort of a nice opportunity to discuss music and podcasts. Like a book on tape? or Book on tape. Very nice. Book on tape. <laughs> I have several. Get your I'm Audible plug in there. <laughs> we could probably <laughs> get that, Please spell to us. They give it to every, every <laughs> show. Do you so, like books? I will briefly say that uh, there is an artist that I want you to know about. Uh, his name is Lawrence Rothman. You've maybe heard of him. I don't know. Uh, he was at Fest this past May, May up in... Uh, Durham, North Carolina, I was up there. I only heard about him after uh, missing his performance, but Jonathan West from Nerdy Show uh, went and saw that performance in a church in Durham as part of Fest and said it was amazing. And then I've listened to a lot of his music since then. He's got some really interesting vocal like sounds that are kind of like, it almost sounds like someone who's been pitch shifted, but it's, it's his voice. And his uh, songs are, the lyrics are kind of interesting. There's one that's called Geek, and it's him basically uh, sort of uh, coming out as a geek uh, to someone who he thinks is being picked on. I mean, it's kind of a neat little story. I, I, think, I think if you're interested in new music, uh, you, you're going to find this guy a little interesting. He's got uh, some other crazy song lyrics and song titles, but um, not heavily electronic, but some. And uh, I think he's going to be a bigger thing in the future. He's definitely got that potential. So Lawrence Rothman, uh, the Book of Law, is his uh, his album out right now. Uh, and in podcasting, I am kind of ongoingly looking for a new podcasts. I uh, did get recommended My Favorite Murder. You guys ever heard of that?
3: I have heard of it.
0: Yeah. So I don't. So I'm very early in the episodes. I think it's interesting because it is true crime. In fact, true like murder, uh, but with a very comedic twist because the two hosts are very funny. Oh, and um, dark comedy. I'm all there. Yeah, kind of dark comedy, but 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 very conversational. So uh, evidently, its show is pretty well received. Is doing they're doing tours. I mean, it's a whole big thing. Um, and of course, we've mentioned uh, just real quickly um, sibling rivalry. If you haven't already checked that out, that's the other show that I've been really enjoying, which is the. Bob the Drag Queen and Monet Exchange Podcast. Uh, they're they're kind of slow to put episodes out. I think they're like maybe every couple weeks. It's 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 it feels infrequent. Sorry that one of them is
1: on a current season and has to tour.
0: I'm just saying, they Skype, they make it work. I mean, you know, it's, 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 yeah, I know she's busy.
1: From to two opposite coasts. It, it, but they you do have a three hour time difference. They do an
0: amazing job. If you have a chance, go look them up on YouTube and just see like what you could do with a video podcast when you're not in the same space. It's pretty
1: cool. Look up the only productions on YouTube.
0: Uh, so yeah, those two are my shows I would recommend right now. And album I think is exciting. BJ, what do you got? Um actually, because I can never
2: do anything completely correct, uh it's a video game, uh I believe it's on Steam, it's called uh Just Shapes and Beats. Uh it's kind of a music-based sort of uh survival shooter uh game, and it's all synth and techno-based, uh, and they have a whole bunch of uh different artists. Uh there is a Spotify playlist for just Shapes and Beats. Um the first single Kronos by Zeph the album's called parallel processing is a really good song and it's uh, a ba- boss battle music for one of the uh, stages uh, so no it's it's like i i haven't been able to i i watched some friends play the game and i have not been able to stop listening to this playlist uh so if you're into a lot of synth and techno um there's a lot of bit uh there's like like a lot of chip bit music chip tunes there's a ton of that um, it's really, it's just, it's a really fun game too. Um, so if you look, check on Steam, just shapes and beats. Um, it's also a party. You can do a co-op, couch co-op. Uh, it's a party game. Um, and the other thing, uh, one of the things I've been listening to that I'm waiting for the fourth season to come out is, uh, the Black Tapes <gasps> podcast. Wait,
0: did we already talk about this?
3: Uh, I think we talked about it one time on the cast.
0: So you may not have been here, but yeah, yeah, we, we, well, did you ever finish it? Uh, no, I was like halfway
3: through the third
2: season. So
0: they are coming back, but we don't know when. No,
2: we're not sure when they did announce on their Twitter that they are doing a
0: fourth season. Fucking better, because let me tell you, the end of season three is total bullshit. Ridiculous. Yeah, they just so. kind of stop. Anyway, uh, spoilers. So yeah, Black Tapes is great. I really like that show.
2: Yep. Um, and those are my things, Eric.
3: So I've been listening to uh Carly Rae Jepsen of Call Me Baby Fame her her <laughs> album Emotion um and I recently also picked up Emotion B-sides because there were so many songs she had ready to go that she had to cut a lot from releasing the album so she released a follow-up and also has um What is it? Uh, Cut to the Feeling, which was featured as a lip sync for your life track.
1: And then an amazing viral video.
3: Yes, for Pride Month. Circle it all back around to Pride. (laughs) Uh, uh, That's how we get you. By one of Lady Gaga's backup dancers. And so if you search for the hashtag uh, Cut to the Feeling Friday, you'll see a couple of awesome Instagram videos. Very rainbow. Very much, and as far as on the podcast front, I've been listening to Los Culturistas, which are two flamboyant theater adjacent gays up in New York who talk to a lot of different people in the entertainment industry. Their most recent episode had an interview with uh, Darcy, I can't remember her last name, but plays Janet on The Good Place. Oh. Um, And their claim to fame segment is, I don't think so, honey, in which they each take a minute to rail against something that's going on.
2: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the
3: perfect role, like me.
1: Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at
0: burrow.com
1: slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST.
3: In pop culture, well, continually saying, I don't think so, honey. And they've turned Mm. that into live shows where...
0: Of course they have
3: which is pretty fantastic.
0: Good job for them. Pat?
1: And just if you want to go see that video, it's Mark uh, Kanemura is the backup dancer that did the video. It, he is at MKIK808 on Twitter. It's a fantastic video. I want to do that umbrella trick. That's my favorite part of it. Oh, have you seen it. the
3: second one with the myriad of wigs?
1: No. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty right.
3: fantastic.
1: For music, I'm gonna go local because I went and saw him perform last weekend, and have actually gone back and um, cut up and made my own live album of his from uh, his performance at Parliament House at my event uh, in May, I believe it was uh, at Singlet de Mayo, that was yeah,
2: that was our uh,
1: May fifth event, a Fergasm event and that is sean holcomb he is uh, orlando uh, born and raised uh singer songwriter very country rock folk um yeah yeah kind of that uh, some pop sensibilities thrown into a country rock blender and it it works um but he has an album out on uh, all the platforms called south of the south he just set off on a tour with caitlin rushing called um uh, what the hell whatever the hell Something along those lines, tour. Um and actually it's his birthday today as we're recording it, so I uh, I didn't even realize that it was his birthday when I started uh, cutting up all the tracks into individual tracks and um, have been listening to it in great voice. He's a super cool guy. Uh, I think he's going to do wonders in the world of music, uh, so go check him out. It's Sean Holcomb, H-O-L-C-O-M-B. And as far as podcasts, I'm going to give uh, shout-outs to two friends. Uh, first is uh, Jody Koenig of Bearskin. Uh, he and I can't remember the guy's name. See, he's the guy that uh that created Chubster, which is a uh, like a, a fashion and uh, lifestyle website for bigger guys. They have come together to do a podcast that drops every Tuesday called Heavy Conversation. They are four episodes and a trailer and the trailer is the kind of getting to know the hosts uh, episode. It's only about three or four minutes. Each episode runs roughly 29, 30 minutes. So they're fairly quick listens um, and they cover different topics in each one. This last one was uh, dating while fat. They go over topics that basically apply to, um, to guys of size and actually, and I mean, Anyone who's a bit heavier can really kind of take away some of these these tips, whether you are male or female or anything in between, and uh, and just kind of, like, get that advice from from people who are dealing with it.
0: Bruce and Jody.
1: Bruce, Bruce, that's it. They like- sound very much alike on the show, which is tough.
0: Oh, boy. But it's <laughs> not in
1: such a way that, like, there's not really much that they talk about that you would need to have distinguish- distinguishing voices. But there are times when I'm like, wait a minute, which one of them is talking right now? <laughs> and I love Jody, I but most of my uh, correspondence with Jody is through Facebook, so I'm not so used to his voice. So it's sometimes, you know, it's tough, and I'm like, wait a minute, which, oh no, he's talking about a partner? Okay, that's Jody. Because um, Bruce is straight, and Jody is gay, so oh. it's oh. a very interesting dynamic. Uh, when I saw Chubster, I was like, oh, okay, two homosexuals doing this, and then it was like, he's like, I have a wife, and I was like, Okay. Cool. All right. <laughs> um, so yeah. So if you uh, if you are a a heavy set person or somebody on the pluser size of life, and uh, you want to hear some other takes on how to approach uh, dressing and dating and all of these other things, check out Heavy Conversation. The other one is friend and listener of the show, Luke Kerr who does two podcasts uh, that I'm going to start uh, dipping my toes into. One has been going on for a while, and that is Daytime Confidential. Um, Because, you know, if it's about stories, I'm here. The only thing is that it's uh, all the stories. Not that there are a lot of soaps left on uh, daytime television, but it's something you only watch one out of like four or five to really kind of, you know, want to listen to the whole thing because you're only knowing about a small portion of it. Uh, but the other one is Geek Confidential, which is a relatively new one, uh, that he is doing. It's only about 51 episodes in, 52, somewhere in that area. And, uh, one of the ones that I saw when I first, uh, subscribed was, uh, the top five mothers in comics. And it was just, it's kind of fun. They do these little interesting conversations. So I'm going to start dipping my toes into that and probably fall down a rabbit hole of listening to a lot more stuff from, uh, from beginning to end. Not the two, you know, the, the 1200 episode one, because that's a lot of time and I don't got that much time.
2: <laughs> uh, side note, I feel like guys of size is, would be a really good band name. Nice. Or our calendar we could make for our Patreon subscribers. You going to lead that effort? Yes. Or uh, we'll
1: be very mad at that.
2: Oh, he will, but he's not here to to,
0: to poo-poo it down, so. It's true. <laughs> His loss. So uh, let's move on to comics. Uh, we'll keep this light, but there's a few books that have been pretty exciting, and I, I actually got and caught up. And in- there's
1: going to be spoilers, because yes. fuck this, there are two things <sighs> that I need to talk about, <laughs> and I don't give a fuck. If you haven't read some X-Men and some Thor, then you might want to skip and come back when you do, because I have some feelings about Thor number one. Do you have issues? I got a whole goddamn magazine rack.
0: Uh, ooh. So... Let's start with DC indie. Uh, I should admittedly know a little bit more indie stuff right now because I just came from Heroes Con. I don't. I it's mean, terrible. Power, Power Rangers Shattered Grid is still pretty fucking amazing. Good. So pretty good. It's good. We're gonna skip indie. So, uh, but that's good. DC. Uh, Batman's getting married. There is a new issue. Actually, the issue I think in my uh, my pull this week haven't read know. it.
1: That's the end of the. Best oh, Man art. Oh,
0: okay. It looked thicker. So I wouldn't
1: know. Nope. They're not getting married until 4th of July.
0: Uh, oh, well, that makes Aww. sense. I don't know. Um, But that's, that's exciting. That's coming up. Tom King's been killing it.
1: And listen, they wouldn't put the... It's DC and Marvel are doing enough of the same thing. They wouldn't put the their wedding issue out the same day as wouldn't they? Marvel's.
0: I feel like sometimes they do. But other Tom King, you got caught up on Mr. Miracle?
1: Yep. Read all nine issues.
0: And I'm curious what you thought.
1: It's good. I mean, Tom King's a great writer. Um, I don't know what the fuck is going on half the time,
0: <laughs> but I mean, that's kind of the shtick of the the story. It's you don't know what's going on. You just know that there is this. Like, no, I
1: I get that part of it. Like the way that the issues start and end are always kind of weird. I do find it funny that they end each issue like a nineteen sixties television show. It's the
0: no, no no. It's the original Kirby.
1: Oh, that's well, the nineteen sixties comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I didn't read original Kirby so I don't know these things but it made me feel like the end of every uh same bat time same bat channel it's
0: totally Mr. Miracle and it didn't occur to me I I wouldn't have noticed until someone pointed out the original Mr. Miracle comics the way Kirby did that they're lining it up but it's totally a new story it's totally new art it touches on themes of like uh but midlife and parenting and relationships and work-life balance and like meetings and bureaucracy. Like it's like kind of crazy, amazing how uh, this 41 year old sort of like, you know, feels a lot of uh, sympathy for Mr. Miracle. And in, in a lot of ways that aren't super heroic, but in the midst of his super heroic. So it's really good. Um, so that's still going. That's great. Man of Steel from Brian Michael Bendis and varied artists is uh, ongoing. uh It's good. I don't know that it's as bendy as it you'd think it might be, but that's okay. And uh, this last uh, third issue, I haven't read the fourth one. It really starts to turn up the heat on uh, Superman and uh, Supergirl, and like shit's gonna happen in the next episode or issue. So it's 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 been pretty good. anybody else reading that? No, no, okay. Justice League number one. I do want to mention this. Justice League number one, written by. Scott Snyder, coming right off of his Metal run, doing probably one of the best Justice League like regroups I've read in, in years. Probably not since, um, uh, oh God, Brad Meltzer rebooted Justice League, oh, probably like seven or eight years ago. Um, it's got the classic lineup, but it's got many other characters that are sort of ancillary, and it's getting back to the core idea of Justice League versus the Legion of Doom.
3: Oh, so are there still like three separate teams? Not Justice League people.
0: They're gonna do something like that, but the core book is all of them.
3: Oh, so there are separate books for. They're doing
0: like Justice League, uh, you know, outer space, cosmic, whatever. Yeah, because they're
2: coming in right off. They're coming in off of um, metal of metal well, metal well, and
0: then no there justice was, with all
2: the with all the um, no ramifications justice, of that and everything but
0: this is the core justice league book that is okay. the one i'm i'm excited about the other ones i might pick up i might check out um art is pretty awesome um
1: by mark morales and jim chung
0: jim chung who doesn't typically do dc um but is is gonna he did at least the first issue and i think mark mark morales is picking up after and he does the um, cover Oh, and the cover, yeah, the cover's great. So, no, and the, the the key thing here, honestly, Snyder knows that at its core, Justice League is all about Martian Manhunter. And if you get Martian Manhunter in your Justice League mix, many, many successful runs, that's, that's who drives it, including the Grant Morrison run from back in the early 2000s, which is another one of my favorites. But this is the book, this, this is the relaunch that puts Justice League back at the center of DC, which is where it should have been for years, and it's just drifted away. So, I'm very excited about it. Um, Flash Wars, I haven't been keeping up with.
2: So, I haven't really, I've, I've kind of been on the periphery of most of the DC books. Um, but I've, I picked up the kind of prologue to this. Um, so you've got, so you've got, original Wally West freshly pulled from the speed force during uh was it Flash Rebirth? No, or it, it was
0: the DC Rebirth. DC Rebirth or whatever they called it, yeah.
2: Um so you've got him freshly pulled from the speed force um and Hunter Zolomon decides to just show up and um let's uh Wally Wally, I'm going to call him Wally Light, because he's the white one. Um, oh, they really? Let, they, they let um. Can we go with new or young or old Wally? I mean... I'm going to go with Wally Light. <sighs> um, uh, Hunter Zolomon approaches him and somehow reignites his memories of when he was in the Speed Force, which apparently he had children. He had a family. And now they just don't exist anymore. So... It's kind of given him Hunter Zolomon. Like, keep in mind, this is Hunter Zolomon. Um, has kind of gotten Wally, the idea in Wally's head that he needs to get his family back. And the only way for him to do that is to break the speed force. The awkward kids? Yes. Yeah. Um, nobody to, likes Wally's kids. No. No. Um, I'm not upset that they don't exist anymore. Um, but Wally, of course, is like, I'm gonna break the speed force. Barry is like, that's Hunter Zolomon. Why would you think anything he says is a good idea? Um, so you've got kind of this grieving father um, kind of versus Barry Allen. And and it's it's kind of leading the way. Because I know there's another flashbook coming up, which could potentially be uh, Wally West's own flashbook. Oh, really? Uh-huh. You're, um, you're more up on DC than I am. But, wow, I didn't know about that. But – um. But yeah, so that's where we're at, and that's that's pretty much the current Flash War is him is Wally's trying to get his family back, and Barry is is being the good slash mediator of balance, like don't do that thing, that's a
0: bad thing. So we'll see how that plays out. And I believe Josh Williamson is doing that right now. Yes, and is killing it. He has definitely been one of the stronger Flash writers, and. In- in quite some time so i'm very happy to hear that. that's still good it got
2: me i i've been out of the flash book for a really long time and this is this is kind of pulling me back in
0: good now let's move on to marvel this is any other dc stuff but i don't think there is uh eric is making a face that says no uh marvel's been getting better i think overall things are starting to heat up again and maybe we're getting some some new talent and they're some stabilizing talent yeah uh, I I know I for sure have been enjoying certain books, including Marvel's Two in One, uh, which is basically the Fantastic Four, but only two of them, or the two original like uh, two two of the original, I should say, uh, Human Torch and uh, the Thing, uh, combined with alternate universe versions of Reed and Sue, along with the Invincible Invincible Iron Man. No, yeah, the Doctor Doom Iron Man.
1: Infamous. infamous. Infamous, thank you.
0: And then the alternate universe, Doom equivalent. So in this alternate universe that they go to for the first like five or six issues, Doom has become Galactus. Of course. Why not, right? It happens.
2: I mean, he was a Beyonder in the previous it, big story arc, so. He's he had works. some power,
0: right? Mm-hmm. It works. But like, seriously, uh, another book, I think, by Jim Chung. Uh, just so good. Like, Chip Zdarsky is not known. He's a writer. He's not known for writing... A lot of different like Marvel comics. He's done a few things. He's doing Spider-Man. He's done Howard the Duck. But like this is a book that is a love letter to the Fantastic Four and is kind of working its way towards bringing the the other parts of the Fantastic Four back. But I'm quite okay if he stays on this book for the foreseeable future. And even though Dan Slott is going to be doing the relaunch of Fantastic Four, I am excited about this uh, storytelling that Chip's doing, and I understand it's going to keep going. So, yeah, I don't know, Fantastic Four, if you're a fan and you're not getting enough because right now there's not a whole lot, check out Marvel's two-in-one. Lockjaw did just wrap up. That was a beautiful four-issue series. And I mean beautiful in more of the storytelling. The art was a little all over the place. There were different artists on different books or different issues. But, man, Lockjaw and D-Man, such a good pairing. (laughs) No one would have ever thought except the writer.
1: I... I did not sign up for a book that was gonna hit me all up in the feelings. When I picked up a book about a giant inhuman teleporting dog, but they solidified Lockjaw's origins, because that was the one thing that was never one hundred percent stated anywhere: was whether or not he was a human that went through pterogenesis and became a dog, or if he was a dog. That somehow gained inhuman powers. And they have finally confirmed that his mother was a dog that was experimented on and went through a whole bunch of like procedures in order to be basically be a guinea pig for inhuman technology. And yeah, Lockjaw knew that his siblings were going to uh, be killed because he was the only one that exhibited like these powers that they wanted. And uh, so he teleported them all away and then, you know, stayed there behind.
0: Can I mention this author? Because he's fairly new to comics, at least Marvel. Daniel Kibblesmith. Okay. Not a household name that most people probably know. Former or maybe, oh, sorry. He is a staff writer for the, the late show of Stephen Colbert. Huh. Has written, an Emmy nominated writer probably for that, has written for Valiant and uh, Heavy Metal. And uh, comedy for New Yorker, McSweeney's and the Onion, and funnier Die. And he is the author of a book called Santa's Husband. Aww. Surprising no one based on what he wrote about D-Man. I don't Aww. know that he is gay. says here he is he lives in the New York with his favorite author, Jennifer Wright. So I don't know if he is or not, is uh, not gay. But seriously does a good job with hailing the gay character of D-Man.
1: That was, and then him learning to at least find a little bit of redemption in himself. That whole storyline. That first oh. issue still.
0: its It was a... Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh, Jesus. Oh, Doc jaws, Gross. All up in the feelings.
0: Uh, but yeah, no. Daniel Kibblesmith is definitely one of these writers that I, I really want to see come back and do more.
1: And D-Man got a dog out of the whole D-Man thing. D-Man
0: did. He got, didn't he get like a little uh, Lockjaw brother? Yes. Oh, Aww. Lockjaw's ki- uh, siblings are adorable. Um, dog Jaw. That's just... <laughs> I don't know. So let's talk Pat's contentious and or favorite moments in marvel uh including but not limited to x-men gold number 30 which did just come out so again spoilers here
1: Oh, we spoiling the hell out of this you got (laughs) a day and a half two days three days depending on when you start listening to this this drops at midnight friday morning two days after new comics come out so if you haven't read x-men gold number 30 then you need to skip ahead or come back, pause it, go read it, and then come back.
0: I don't read the var- don't see the variant cover.
1: No, it's in a poly bag. You oh, can't okay. see it unless like you it. unless you buy it and you open it.
0: Well, don't do that either if you yes. want to be. Spoiled. Or
1: or if you've read any articles about it, the like New York Times apparently spoiled it Tuesday night. Yep. I so. understand
0: now why, and I definitely was surprised. It wasn't the theory I had because I thought it was something that was more. Um, I don't know. People- and this wasn't
1: contentious. This I'm I'm fine with this one actually. No, this is
0: good. I I meant to look up, well, please talk, I'm going to look up who did the art, because that is something we got to talk
1: about. So we've spent the last 10 to 12 issues, I want to say, basically dealing with Kitty and Peter, actually might even be a little bit more than that, but it it feels like 14 years. About the last dozen or so issues dealing with their relationship. Do they still have feelings for each other? Do they not still have feelings for each other? I still think he should get back with Domino. That's just me. Oh. That Him and Domino in that X-Force book, that was written very well. I think they should have been together. It was great. Um, but they basically eventually came around to, yes, we have feelings for each other. They were put into dangerous situations. Kitty proposed. Okay. They got through all that. Then it's a matter of, oh, now we're in jail. Oh, now we're in space. Oh, now they've kidnapped Colossus. Oh, now they want to use him to uh restart the legacy virus. Oh, now we got him back. Oh, now we're going on bachelor parties and uh bachelorette parties in the wedding issue. Or the wedding special that w- didn't house the wedding in it. And we make it to X-Men number 30, which is the big wedding of the century that Marvel has teased since last year the end of last year around the time legacy came Uh, out and all
2: this end of last year
1: so we get to uh the beautiful vista and iliana plants some words of doubt into kitty's head peter is steadfast in his love they get to the rabbi exchange vows kitty puts the ring on peter's finger peter goes to put the ring on kitty's finger and his hand goes right through it
2: that was amazing
1: and then she cries says, i can't do this and phases through the ground and out they basically come to an agreement that they are not sure where they stand right now they love each other they don't know if they can do this they cut to the reception of the uh or the would-be reception i think is how they called it where the x-men are all there basically saying oh i feel bad i feel bad sarum's like maybe it was fortunate they're all like what (laughs)
2: <laughs> I love I
1: love Storm so much. She's like you know, if a hoe don't want to be a hoe, you can't make her be a hoe. So whatever. <laughs> and is uh, it for everyone? <laughs> ex- exactly. Hoeing and ate easy. And uh, so then they're talking to, uh, I think Storm is talking to Remy, and says that you know you need that uh, that hunger, that love needs that hunger, that you need to want to be with that person or not want to spend a day away from that person. And it has Gambit in focus with the soft focus of Rogue in the background and then the next panel's soft focus on Remy and Rogue in, in focus and he gets up and makes this statement of I don't want to spend a I don't want a day to go by where I'm not with her and then goes over to Rogue and gets down on money and proposes and Kitty and Colossus uh give their blessing to uh, go ahead and make it official and we now have Mr. and Mrs. X, Rogue and Gambit get married and at the they, end of this issue. And they got a
2: free wedding. <laughs> let's let's be clear. <laughs> that's true. Let's let's be completely qu- clear. The two ex cons stole a wedding.
3: <laughs> they stole a wedding.
1: They did. It was
3: just like Mama Mia.
1: Oh <laughs> lord. But that's so the last fourteen years of build up for this wedding just to have a different couple get married. And honestly, I'm a little more invested in Rogan Gambit.
0: So yeah, because their previous little mini series was actually really good.
1: It was, and it it they haven't been together for so long in the comics that you kind of
0: you You're over it.
1: Yeah, you could have just kind of like dismissed it, and then they did that four issue mini series, and it really did make you feel like okay, like I can understand this. What I didn't get, and what killed me, is that. Rogue and Gambit have just as messy of a history, seriously. And their vows, or not their vows, their uh, oh god, what did Remy say? His um,
3: affirmation.
1: Yes, his affirmation, and and, and Rogue's, uh, Rogue's to his, basically was exactly what Kitty and Peter were talking about. Yet they're going to go through with it, and I'm like, and then they even showed a, sh- a shot of them. I half expected them to get up into do a double wedding uh, and be like, you know what? They're right. That would be fun. You know, because Rogue's like, I'll always find my way back to you. And it's like, hi, this is what this whole thing has been about for these two. Right. And then these other two who are even more fucked up are now getting married. But so you whatever you what,
0: something interesting? According to Bleeding Cool, now let's preface this with according to Bleeding Cool. Which
1: writer on Bleeding Cool? Uh Rich. Oh, okay. I mean but That's from a little better.
0: Unnamed sources, yeah. It is uh it was Marvel Editorial's idea to do this. They were the ones who said, let's not marry these two. Let's marry Rogue and uh, Gambit. So
1: Honestly, I'm yeah, not mad about it. That's a solid it.
0: call. I, I don't hate it's this. It's interesting, and, and Guggenheim was very upfront, the writer of X-Men Gold. He's like, look, I work for this company. They didn't tell me what to do. I, you know, It's whatever. It wasn't necessarily my idea, but I'll write it. And he made it pretty good. I will say... Of X-Men Gold, I have not cared for this series whatsoever. I think it's pandering and bullshit most of the time. The art by David Marquez. David Marquez is an amazing, amazing artist. Mostly working with Bendis in the last few years, but literally a powerhouse to be reckoned with. Uh, super nice guy, too. Um, I actually met him at Heroes a few years ago, and just, like, super nice. Every time he saw me, he was like, hey, how's it going? Like, super, super nice guy, but immensely talented. Um you know, they did an amazing job on this issue. It did everything it needed to. It was beautiful, touching. It touched on themes of real life and relationships and everything. it was it was good. It was good.
3: Do you think Kurt's still gonna propose
0: to Rachel? Oh God now, I don't know. But I <gasps> still think no blue babies. It makes sense. Um, oh, Jesus. So, so Mr. and Mrs. X is gonna be written by Kelly Thompson, famous for uh, some Hawkeye work, but also Gem and the Holograms. She was the one who brought Jim and the holograms back to oh, the comic. Oh, that that first run of Jim and the holograms. The, yeah, the, the what was it? Image or uh, uh, image? IDW. Oh. IDW. So very well liked writer, up and coming, and she's going to take that on. So good for her. Oh, I'm going to pick that up. Very exciting. So I mean, A, and A and that
1: was what Mr. and Mrs. X is the X classified book that they've been soliciting for the last couple of months that they would not that they kept hidden and would not tell you what the book was and uh, retailers such as our friend Aaron had to blindly order because it was classified.
0: Which probably will work out okay, although I don't like the title necessarily, but uh, anyway. So what's going on with Thor number one?
1: (laughs) All right. So picking up from where the mighty Thor ended, Thor Odinson is now back as being Thor. He has a gold arm. I don't think they still have talked about where that came from he just kind of ended the one series with one arm and then was back in avengers number one and two with a gold arm
0: i think rocket got it for him
3: and he then... stole it from c3po thank you oh. thank you
0: oh. good good which good is
3: job. why c3po now
0: has a red arm good, go team good job <laughs> wow i'm leaving <laughs> that was that was exactly right that was improv and beautiful and just yes and amazing good job <laughs>
1: So he has a colt arm. Uh so asgardia blew up. The remaining Asgardians are now being basically relocated for the time being and being sh- uh, shepherded by Roz and uh Jane now that she's alive and getting treated for cancer you didn't we didn't spoil that in the last oh, in the last time we talked about it. At the end of the series, okay? when she died, she was at the gates of Valhalla, and um, basically Thor used every bit of magic with Odin and uh, Freya and brought her back to life. She so still got she, cancer. So,
3: Consequences.
1: She's got. Well, she still has to deal with her cancer, so she's got to get treatment and all that stuff. But whatever. So they're dealing with that. Thor is uh, being tasked with when Ars- Asgardia blew up. The Asgardian um, like magic artifacts have all spread amongst the ten realms. So he's basically going and uh, being a, a collector. So
3: he has to collect the cloud cards. Gotta catch them all. You mean he's gotta put the 13 <gasps> ghosts back in the box? Does that mean
0: he gets his little character? Who's the guy from that the little beast? Oh, I the forgot little, his name. The I little kitty him. bird yeah. thing. For
3: some reason, I want to say Karibo, but it's
0: not. No. That's anyway. from Yu-Gi-Oh. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. An- anime moment. We're good.
1: Um, And he's living on a houseboat in uh, Jersey.
0: Makes Random. Sense. Sure, why not?
1: With Thori as his guard dog.
0: That I do like that. Oh. I love Thory. Yeah, Thor.
1: And great. um well, Tooth was unceremoniously killed by the mangog, but the other goat is also on the boat with uh with Thori and Thor. I
0: mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Um Thor and his pets. Where's Throg oh, Frog Thor? He's not a pet though. Throg? Is yeah. It Throg, yeah, it's yeah, Throg, Throg. Oh, Throg 4. okay. Throg. Throg
1: is also in the Lego Marvel Superheroes Two game. He is uh. I unlocked him? <laughs> yes.
3: Are all the pet adventures in that game? I don't
1: think so. Oh, just uh, just Throg. Is Lockheed? Yes. <gasps> Spider-Head? Oh no, no, no. Lockheed? No. Oh. Lockjaw? Yes. Lockheed? No. Uh, there's no Marvel. There's no uh, X Men universe oh okay in that in uh two that would make sense yeah so anyway so back to thor Um, uh, so he is going after this artifact and it is in a cave with uh the like priests or wizards of sidorak and um he is out on the like he gets to the end of this ledge they won't let him leave or you know they're chasing him down and um they send their final uh uh, attack person after him. And of course, if you're talking about Sidorak, it's the
3: Juggernaut, the bitch.
1: unstoppable Juggernaut. Wow. He's back. He's more powerful than ever. They fight. Um, Vandelheim? What is the, the Vanaheim Vanaheim, the realm. Yes. Yep. Oh, no. The, the, well, yeah, where it the was Singer? in, it was in Ragnarok also where the hammer's made.
0: Oh, yeah, where the uh, dwar- uh, the... Where the dwarves
1: make the the hammers. Yeah, or right, the right, weapons. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. What it, about it? No, well, well, the name of it, it's I don't know. Narnahelm or something like that. Whatever. So he's basically, Thor is in contact with the the dwarf. He's making hammers. So he sends him a hammer, um, and he goes to use it on the juggernaut, and it breaks. So then he's like, I need another hammer. Another. And he's like, which one or how many of it? He's like, all of them. So literally, just rains down hammers.
2: It's Niflheim. Niflheim. Niflheim.
1: And uh, and then he basically just summons lightning and just has them all attack the Juggernaut at one time. Oh, so
3: they. So he just electrocutes the Juggernaut in a pool.
1: Oh uh, no! Oh, um, it, it's a swirl of hammers. It, it worked for Deadpool. Well, you know. Oh. Uh. So, like, Odin is, is making, like, enchanting all these hammers. And it's just, it's kind of funny seeing him, like, have to go through all this with these hammers. And because he doesn't have uh, Mjolnir and uh, the Uru that they had, I guess, wasn't good enough. So then uh, one of the trolls is going to go try to get him some Uru. And uh, and and so that's, like, that's basically, like, the first story. But then we get a second story. Ooh. We're picking up from the mighty Thor uh, at the gates of Valhalla story the second story that Ramon Perez drew where old man King old, King, old Thor, King Thor old King Thor has recreated Earth and made the made like made people again basically became God recreated you know, created the earth created humans again and you had Steve um you had Jane and uh as the the first woman Eve yeah uh and she's on her deathbed and the his three granddaughters are there they've been out trying to get capture this last of the space sharks and all this so then eventually he has to go there they know something is wrong but he won't tell them what it is he goes into space and basically at at this point in like all the little thought bubbles and captions or whatever the universe is dying and by the universe is dying is basically the universe is dead and it's just catching up to them now so he flies as far as he can reaches the end of the universe the source wall and no, but yes. on the final page, you get a hey, bub. It's goddamn Wolverine as the fucking Phoenix at the end of the universe. Of course. <laughs> that makes total sense.
0: Is there a restaurant there? No, but there really should uh, be. I mean, I honestly, appreciate that again, the Phoenix got you
2: know? dumped by Gene. Why not hook up with the dude? That's that's Gene dumps. Why it's
3: the w- perfect relationship? Why does
0: Wolverine have to be everywhere? It is kind of a ridiculous conceit. And I will tell you, he this, has the space stone now. Um, makes sense. What's his name? Uh, who's writing this? Jason Aaron. Yeah. Has written Wolverine as I mean, he's one of the really good writers of Wolverine. Uh, so but this is
1: a ridiculous, ridiculous fucking thing. It is. And <laughs> on the shelf at a comic shop, there was they have these little tags for some of the books. And it was like, if you weren't thinking about checking out this book take a look at the last page and you'll reconsider and i told oral i'm glad i didn't pick it up and read the last page because i would have put it back down and reconsidered buying it
0: oh no no no, no. first <laughs> of all i would still bought it the artwork but still. of the second half is christian ward who just came off black bolt his stuff is crazy awesome painted like cosmic like just beautiful uh definitely worth doing and jason Aaron is an amazing writer old king thor is great it is, by the way, BJ, Nita Villier, Davilier, whatever it's the, Whatever the one is in the movie, it's the same one. Nita Villier. Oh, yeah, it's the same. That's it's that realm yeah N-Nita but in the Rogue movie Rogue, yeah. avengers infinity war it's uh it's supposed to be like a world or a sun in in the marvel continuity it's it's a whole realm but it's supposedly like at the same level of oh yeah
3: but the marvel cinematic has been more weird about showing the different realms they're really just worlds they are
0: yeah yeah so nita is the is where they make the hammers. so i love this i mean i i read um i i kind of flew through it the art style of the first half, I'm not a huge fan of that artist. It's different, but I don't think it yeah, works. I wasn't a
1: fan of the art It doesn't
0: it. work as well. Um, but the Christian Ward stuff is phenomenal. I love Christian Ward. So Good. Marvel's doing some good stuff. Uh, anything else with the Marvel? I think we're covering all the bases. There's all kinds of other crazy X-Men stuff that we'll just... Um, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 800 came out, which was a big...
2: A big change up to a lot of the stuff going on. Dan ha- Slott
0: is leaving the book.
2: Dan Slott is leaving the book. We had um, a big, somewhat final showdown between uh, Peter and uh, Norman again, again. Uh, but this time, he was the Red Goblin with the Carnage symbiote, um, because he hasn't, you know, he hasn't had that yet. Um, but the in- symbiote, symbiote. Um, the interesting thing though is that Peter ended up killing the Carnage symbiote wallet was somewhat still attached to norman and now he has gone beyond Bugnert's crazy and thinks that peter is the green goblin and that he has to kill him so he still has to kill peter but he spider-man is no longer part of the equation in his brain normie is okay question mark he may or may not still have a little chunk of the carnage symbiote in him so that's going to be a thing to deal with. Octavius and Peter have finally met now that Octavius is somewhat resurrected and they have a quote unquote understanding and he is in a he has built himself a new body and is uh on the on the it's kind of like a Venom thing. He's on the he's on the uh West Coast and he just won't do evil. Oh, but he, so he's sort of good? No, he's not he's not Doc Ock.
0: Okay. So he, he's something else. Yeah, but he's, here, he's but,
1: he but yeah, he's basically now that he knows who Peter is, Spider Man. They've come to a, a truce, and he helped save. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, I like that.
2: And he, um, he also teaches at the university headed by the, uh, the old uh, company that. I uh, Hor- was a Horizon, Horizon, yeah. Horizon. Yeah, he teaches at Horizon University from Epcot. <laughs> so lots of orange. Um, so yeah, it's interesting how just where they kind of put all the characters and everything. No word on
0: Miles, but yeah, yeah. they'll bring him back. So. That is we've reached time in our show we do our one up of the week. We'll try to make this quick cuz we have run a little long. BJ, what you got?
2: Actually, I got to say uh it's anime this time around. Um My Hero Academia season 3 is we're right in the middle of it. Uh they've just introduced the big bad for part of the series. Um he's horrifying and it's it's really 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 good. If you haven't picked it up or if you haven't if you haven't watched any of it, it's definitely probably the first three episodes are are a slow build, but from there on, it's just a really really good series. Um, there's a lot of uh, ideals thrown around on what it means to be a hero. I mean, should you even be paid to be a hero? There's there's a lot of there's a lot of questions on what makes a hero, what makes a vigilante, and how do you do this all within the realms of actual law? So yeah, no, it's it's really interesting. The main character is a puppy in human form. So you just you can't help but root for him, uh, and all the side characters are fantastic. So excellent here, Academia.
3: Eric, my what up is Leslie Jones's Twitter account because she has very recently discovered the amazingness that is RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, about time! And she is binge watching and just live commenting the heck out of it.
1: I was going to say, is it live tweeting if you're watching it, like, four years later? Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but if you've ever seen her show up on Late Night with Seth Meyers, when they recap Game of Thrones, when they watch it together, it's very similar to that, because she posts little videos of while she's watching, and just her going off on all the contestants. She's most recently watched season five. Um... And it was just hilarious. She, the queens, are tweeting back at her, so it's fantastic. She's going to be starting season six soon, so she's going to uh, discover Bianca.
1: Oh, uh, I want to. I want to. I need to like put a little favorite on that on her Twitter account so I get notified because that's yes, going to be fun.
3: Yes, but she's fantastic, and you should all follow her,
1: Pat. Uh, two quick things. One, I ordered unicorn snot.
3: Yay!
1: I'm excited. Delicious. You're gonna be
3: the glitterati.
1: I broke down and couldn't find a Splendid Daddy, so I just went ahead and bought it for myself. Um, so we'll see how that... It just
3: cost two punches. Two (laughs) platters, punches, that's all.
1: (laughs) Oh, the shipping is... Oh, no, it's free shipping. Because I also, um... So for those of you who don't know, Unicorn Snot is a company that uses holographic glitter in uh, skincare products, including uh, lip gloss and sunblock, which I ordered a tube of, I think, the blue glitter sunblock, which should hopefully be in in a couple of days. And I'll get to try that out and we'll see how that goes. And I will uh, shimmer like a goddess in Provincetown during Bear Week. Um, And there may be times where I just put it on just to go hang out, Um, even if I'm not going to be, you know, it'll be nighttime. I'll still be shimmering like a goddess. And uh, I ordered another thing that'll go into my second quick thing. I ordered um, the glitter, like, lip gloss, like lip covering. Uh, It's not the lip gloss. It's actual like, glitter, like, not lipstick, but it's a glitter, like, lip coating, I forget what they call it, for the employee turnabout at the Parliament House, which takes place on a July 18th, and I figure I will get it out oh. now. So if you are in the Orlando area or Orlando adjacent, and you would like to see what I look like as a lady.
0: If you go on RuPaul season 10, <laughs> you can see uh, Calorie Kardashian
1: You uh, no.
0: basically get the idea. No. Lady. No. Um, whoa, whoa,
1: so whoa. july 18th 8 p.m at the uh, footlight theater at the parliament house five dollars suggested donation is uh the usual uh go to we raise money for the joy mcc food bank um i will say that this year this turnabout is going to be the most balls to the wall drag i have ever done
3: has talita picked her uh, song? Uh, I was going to ask.
1: Oh, it's not going to just you be. A you don't have s- to
3: reveal it. But it's obviously. not
1: just going to be a song. A mashup. I'm doing a mix.
0: Oh, yes! yes. Very exciting.
1: <laughs> I, oh, I love those. When this episode airs, I will. If you listen to it around midday, I will probably be somewhere getting pads made because <gasps> I will be padded Ooh. this year. What? Yes. Padded for the gods <laughs> and. <laughs> I will be working with somebody to make a custom outfit.
0: <gasps> dun dun dun. Eric, you're gonna have to get some video of this for me. Okay. It right.
1: is going to be ridiculous.
3: Oral's gonna be so jealous.
1: Oh girl. I told him about it today. <laughs> I told him about I told him who was gonna make my outfit and what my idea is for the outfit and what my idea is for the mix, or at least the start of the mix. Uh huh. He 100% approves of all of it.
0: Yay! Excellent.
1: So those are the two little things. The other big thing is um, Kesha announced a cruise. <laughs> Very excited, <laughs> yes, of course. February she saw, 17th. She, she saw Jonathan Colton and decided that was a good idea. To the sure. 21st, 2019. Uh, to the Weird and Wonderful Cruise or something along those lines. Noted artists that will be on this cruise besides Kesha will be um, Betty Who Big Frida, Rabble, oh, oh
2: damn, um, uh, Superfruit,
1: Superfruit, what? And from RuPaul's Drag Race, Bob the Drag Queen, <gasps> Detox, and Thorgy Thor. Holy wow. shit! With more to be announced, and there is a thing called the Lip Sync for Your Lifeboat, hosted by Kesha, and I want to be in it.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Did <laughs> you wish
1: really hard? Apparently, I did. <laughs> Um, so if you see me scrambling to get my passport in the next You got some time. <laughs> yeah, there's still time. There's I still have like eight months to uh to figure this out. Um it, it's it's a four it's a four night four day, four night, something like that cruise. I forget what the the whole deal is. It uh sails out of Tampa oh. and goes to Nassau and, Oh damn. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I, Do you
2: have an arch nemesis? Did somebody make this booby trap for you? This feel this
1: feels like it's almost too perfect. It's a I know, right? It's it's a it is too perfect. It's crazy because if I don't get her to sign my tattoos uh, in August when we go see her in Tampa, you know I'm gonna find some way on that cruise because you know I'm gonna go on it. At this point, it's just it's a matter of fact. Um, you can pre-register. Uh, search for Kesha cruise. It's the weird and weird and something cruise. And um, you can uh, pre-register to uh, to get a spot. And if you did it before a certain time, you get the first set of pre-sale spots. And if you do it after, then it's a different thing. But it's eight ninety-five per person, double occupancy room. And uh, apparently, they have a monthly payment plan. So my fat ass can still afford it. Because so. we got Provincetown nice. coming up in a couple exactly. of weeks. And I'm like, <laughs> that money's sitting in that account. I'm like, I can oh. When we go up there, when that vacation rolls around, my account's going to be like, oh my God, look at all this money I have, to God, I'm broke again. (laughs) But it'll be delightful. So that's what's giving me life this month.
0: I want to give a quick shout out to Make Noise out of Asheville, North Carolina. The reason I wasn't at the Heroes Con all weekend is I went to Asheville on Saturday and went to the Make Noise 10-year celebration. If you're not familiar with Make Noise... Most of you probably aren't. They make modular synthesizer modules. That seems redundant. But they've been doing it for 10 years. The uh, the team there has a very homespun, like, do-it-yourself attitude. And they've got fabulous modules and even more fabulous pink patch cables that they did not have when I got there. And I was very sad. Uh, but I now am the proud owner of four? Five make noise modules in my synthesizer so they are a really cool company if i was brave enough to not work for where i work i would totally work for them because they are doing some cool stuff um and i had a great time uh there at the festival got to meet some interesting artists that do modular work got to go to some good seminars and spent time with a friend of uh eric and mine kyle oh who is moving back so that is exciting uh, But, yeah, it was great. Make noise. If you check them out online, they have great videos up on YouTube that explain what they do. So, if modular synthesizers means nothing to you, if you Google them on YouTube, you'll find some really cool educational videos. That is some fine nerdiness there, sir. I, I'm glad you enjoyed – not just enjoyed, loved my synthesizer picture. You You just, like – You just
2: mentioned something that's giving you life, and you used the word modular and you dropped an educational video while doing it also. That is just some fine nerdiness
0: right there. Yeah, I try.
1: I like that synthesizer picture because Havoc was in the background <laughs> looking like, that. why aren't you paying attention to me? <laughs> I'm a living thing, daddy. So I
0: think it's a theme now because there's already cats on synthesizers. There's a picture of Odin the cat up on the synthesizer that I've, that I've got. And then Havoc's now in the background. I need Maddie oh, to I thought, do so something. So Maddie's going to
3: get on top of the synthesizer? Basically, <laughs> the she'll it.
0: just be like hanging off it like, mm-hmm. hey. What's going on? Your your pets are like, so this is the thing now you love, not us? Basically. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's very exciting. I've been having fun with it. I'm getting in touch with the community here in Orlando. But uh, if you're interested in any of this modular synthesizer stuff, it's just all over the YouTubes. Lots of great artists. Check them out. And that's all I got. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in two short weeks with more of our gay and geeky podcast, Flame On. Please tell a friend. We definitely want to get the word out as much as we can. And don't forget flameonshow.com has all of your one-stop shop for our uh, what's going on, where we're on social media. And um, please reach out to us and say you're listening, because every time we hear that, an angel gets its wings. I think that's how that works. I don't. Know. I, I thought one one becomes one of the fallen. That also may happen. It's true. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.